All right, welcome to the first of its kind, world-changing manufacturers network. Lisa Ryan has her ears to the ground and her heart in the game. Get ongoing education and new connections right here with Lisa and the manufacturers network. Buckle your seat, listen, and spread the word. Here's Lisa. Hey, it's Lisa Ryan, and welcome to this episode of the Manufacturers Network podcast. Really excited to introduce you to today's guest, Jessica Young. Jessica is president, CEO, and co-owner of three manufacturing companies, Simtech, Axis, and Action. Most importantly, Jessica is a team member first. Jessica believes strongly in putting team above all else. She was named Woman to Watch by Business First as she made a move to watch in acquiring a 43-year-old manufacturing company in the heart of Southern Indiana, Simtech Incorporated. Simtech was named in the top 10 precision manufacturer of 2020. In her short two years of manufacturing, Jessica has been named among the most influential women in manufacturing 2020 by influential women in manufacturing. Jessica, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much, Lisa. It's good to be with you again. Yeah. So you have such a fascinating background and kind of your journey as as far as how you got and ended up in manufacturing. So why don't you share with us just a little bit about what got you here? Sure. So it's uh, quite a a peculiar roadmap that that brought me into manufacturing. But I do like to say that I grew up in manufacturing. Uh, My father was uh, a school administrator for the sheet metal and construction trade. Uh, So I loved being uh, around fabricators and watching things be built. But I became an accidental banker and and am now a retired or, as they say, recovering commercial banker from 10 years. And uh, in July of 2018, my partner and I, we made the leap into entrepreneurship and ownership in purchasing a 43-year-old manufacturing company. So a lot of my clients were manufacturers and and certainly stayed involved in manufacturing during my uh, commercial banking tenure. And so walking into the plant for the first time, 43-year-old company, as not only the new owner, but a younger woman walking in without a whole lot of manufacturing background, how was that? And then how did you learn and, and start to transform the culture over there? A big priority that we had upon um, acquiring it, and, and certainly the question was, who is this, who's this chick? What is she doing in here? Was truly to, to take a step back and our average tenure of teammates was 20 years. Um, so certainly I knew my value wasn't how to operate a CNC machine or how to weld, uh, but I did have that business experience. And so um, to take a step back and not come in in a hierarchical type of manner, um, but as a teammate, and so we, we've had the saying that no one person is above or below the team. Um, so my partner and I would come in on weekends and clean bathrooms. And, you know, we were learning how to run parts and, and helping with assembly and being trained on the fork trucks. And so truly just learning from each team member and showing them that we are part of the team, that it's not this, you know, hierarchical system. Secondly, we wanted to make sure that they knew the importance of 
communication and collaboration. And communication is one of the easiest things that you can do. So communicating our goals and objectives, communicating our why or intent with with why we purchased the company, communicating that we wanted to grow and and it was there an important part of the team to help us grow. And then that collaboration piece, which is, again, they've got a lot of experience. So when there's ideas or, or problems to bring team members to the table to collaborate and and then communicate the findings. And it's funny because you and I have had several conversations and every time I said employees, you corrected me and said team members. And on one hand, it's such an easy change for people to make in their perspective of how they're looking at the people who work for them and with them. But share a little bit about why the whole concept of team member and being a part of a team is important to you and and how it's worked for you. Uh, both my partner and I grew up in sports. In fact, if you would have asked my 19-year-old, shit, even 21-year-old self, I wanted to uh, be a sports broadcaster. Like There was always a, a love for sports. And being a teammate truly meant that you were with people, right? You had a common goal that you were trying to accomplish, that there was nobody working for one another. And we believe that the word employee means that you work for someone or there's a certain hierarchy that, you know, it's a chain of command and, you know, it's, it's very rigid. So we, we found that very important that we're in this together. Where failure is not an option. There's a lot of shit happening outside of our four walls. Like let's, let's be a team, let's be a family. And so team member first within any of our titles within the company, it's team member and, and above all else. And then any type of question or, or problem that arises, you, you ask yourself, what impact is it going to have on the team as a whole? So when you make the team the center, we really believe that everything else will then fall into place. So you're right. When <laughs> I think it was you asked uh, the first question, how many employees do you have? And I said zero. And you were like, uh, <laughs> we don't have any. We have team members. Right, right. So when you first came into the plan and started to make that transition from people feeling like employees to people feeling like team members, what were some of the things that you did to really let people know that this just wasn't a thing. This was this really was from the heart something that you wanted to change within the culture and make them feel a part of the team. Well, we certainly didn't say that out loud, right? We, it right. wasn't that we communicated, hey, nobody's an employee anymore, it's a team member. We felt that we needed to, to lead by example and that actions really spoke louder than words. So we made a few changes. The first change was very simple. Anyone with a email address, they, we changed their um, title on their business cards and their email signature line to team member first and selves included. And I remember very distinctly uh, a lot of vendors wanting to come in and meet with us. And, you know, they'd say, oh, you're the new owner. So we said, no, we're team members. We're, we're a family owned and team ran or team operated company. And a lot of the you know, the vendors are like, what do you mean? And we're like, no, we're, we're in this, <laughs> this together. We're, we're team members. <laughs> 
And so I think those those small actions certainly helped showcase to the team. And then we made additional changes, like there were the employee handbook. We completely revamped it, and the word employee was marked out of the handbook, and it was team member. Any requisitions that we make, you know, to to onboard new team members, it truly says team member first, and then machinist, team member, welder, uh, team member, CFO. And, and so that truly has resonated and trickled out. We changed the name of, of uniforms to logo wear. I mean, that's it's not a mandate, but something as simple as that. Every team member wears our, our logo wear um, and they're proud of it and they're wearing it out and about and they're, they're part of the team. Each year, we also do a, a celebratory team member and families and our extended team, which is our vendors and suppliers that come to, to a party. Of course, with COVID this year, we've had to postpone our, our team member outing, but we, we send the tickets to their houses and it says, you know, team member and, and their family names. So it's the actions, I, I really believe, that, that showcase that. Right. Well, and there are so many cool things that you do to um, help your employees and get them involved and just really create those connections with the different ideas that you've brought in over the last couple of years. So what are some of your favorites that you've done? And, and just share a little bit about them, because I know you, you, know, you didn't spend a lot of money. It's just this creativity that you have that you bring with you and, and get people involved. One of my favorite um, traditions and that really resonates with all of us is our kachu bean awesomes. So we have um, sets of stationery that are just blank and each team member has access to them. And anytime a team member goes above and beyond, they will sign a card, uh, a kachu bean awesome card and explain you know what they've done that caught them being awesome and just thank them for being a, a great team member and they sign it from the team. And and so it's really neat just from a constant positive morale boost to feel appreciated and not just from an owner or you know a supervisor, but from your teammates. We have once a month, our team member uh, pitch in lunches. That's another favorite tradition of, of ours. So whether they're smoking you know, meat or we're doing grilling hamburgers and hot dogs, but we have pitch-ins. We've got one coming up actually next Monday. So it's just, it's really fun to, to everybody's communicating and, oh, this will go well with this, or, oh, I like these kind of fixings with my chili and not <laughs> this. Right. So those are a few of my absolute favorites but I would be remiss to share a, another one that, as you mentioned, truly wasn't a cost, but provides such a great culture. And it was brought on by collaboration with, with every one of our, our teammates, you know, even teammates that have been with us for 35 years. And that's our flex schedule. And as a manufacturer, it's, it's, it's a very odd concept to, uh, comprehend or think of, but from a flexible schedule, because life happens, things happen, you know, it might be snow, you might be a few minutes late. And so being on a points program is just not something that we wanted to implement here. We, we said 
there's no balance anymore. It's a work-life blend. And so flex time, each team member can choose their, their start time. And again, within some parameters, can choose their lunch schedule. Maybe they've got a doctor's appointment they need to take on you know, during a lunch. And so it's going to be two hours, but then allowing them to also make up that time on the backside of it. So again, all we ask for is communication. And so it's really neat to walk around and you know, somebody's running out to a doctor's appointment or they're, they're going to take their significant other out to lunch and then they'll yell out, hey, flex time. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> um, um, or if they want to sleep in one day, you know, all we, we ask for is, is communication with that flex time. But it was really magical to watch when the concept of flex time rolled out. We, of course, had some objections. Well, what, what if so-and-so doesn't want to start at this time or wants to start earlier than, than this and I'm the programmer and they're running the production and so on and so forth. I said, well, let's lay out everything that could go wrong and then let's work back solutions to see how it could go right. And when we rolled it out to the rest of the team, that, that was the final product was the, you know, the parameters that we set in place with it. So we've been doing that for a little over a year and a half now and it's been fantastic. Uh, the productivity has gone up and, and our teammates love it. And, and certainly it's been a, a great attraction to other people wanting to join the team too. Absolutely. So as the people are listening to this podcast and their heads are exploding right now, because they're saying, what do you mean flex time and manufacturing? <laughs> what is the parameters? What's, what's the communication and how do you cover from shift to shift to make sure that the that there's somebody there to run the machine that needs to be run? Well, so the, the parameters that we laid out um, were specific to, we, we do run two shifts. We actually have two plants as well, two different locations. So within each uh, plant and within each shift, there were parameters. So for example, We've got a start time from anywhere uh, beginning at 5.30 a.m. to 8 a.m. on a first shift at our headquarter location. Uh, then the requirement from a lunch perspective is that we felt that in by law, uh, that they need at least a 30 minutes to, to reset their mind. Now that's not to cap them at 30 minutes because some people like a 45 minute lunch. Some people like an hour lunch. And so just, again, laying out those parameters, and then we uh, imposed an end time um, per shift with allowing some of that crossover to the second shift. And then very similarly on second shift, um, but as opposed to having a start time of 5.30 a.m., our second shift had a, a, clo- a hard close time. So what that ended up creating was the crossover and blending of the two shifts. So no longer, you know, the team divide of, oh, well, your first shift and your second shift, or this is when second shift comes in. So it, it was really nice to see our team on both first and second working together um, to communicate what was going on, what projects needed to move forward, and so on and so forth. Yeah, it sounds like you've really done well as far as the communication within the plant and the employees have have benefited from that. And it sounds like they're doing pretty well communicating. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And like I've said before, we're a team above all else. And so you know, it's somebody may accidentally sleep in and, and not call and, you know, their teammates are worried. They're like, oh, well, it's usually in by now, you know, let's make sure that they're okay. And so that's, that's been really nice to see amongst the team also. So what are some of the things that are keeping you up at night now? 
<laughs> supply chain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> say that's probably the biggest one, but, but in all seriousness, the, the supply chain um, certainly has been disrupted um, during a pandemic and that makes it extremely difficult to plan. And so what the, the mindset that we've taken um, and again, I try to, to remain very positive <laughs> versus right. focusing on the negative is that we've now planned for the worst case scenario. And then we over communicate that to our customers. So we are constantly now in communication with our supply chain, um, our vendors, our suppliers, any strategic partners that we have, and then overly communicating on the front side. There's nothing that's more frustrating as a customer. And then, you know, I'm sure from our customer's perspective, at the 11th hour, finding out something happened. So we just are always in this constant state of this is what we're seeing. This is what we've been told. This is the worst case scenario. And then working back from there. So when it comes to networking with other manufacturers and really creating that network, what would be something that you would, uh, information or insights that would be helpful to you from your manufacturing and related industries colleagues? Networking with manufacturers is certainly something that I find great value in and, and am part of the Metro Manufacturing Alliance. And a lot of the value add that I see there, um, not just for myself, but for our teammates is having peer, we call them roundtables or peer connections. And now that we're in this virtual platform, it does make it a lot nicer because, you know, our operations manager may have certain obstacles and the operations manager from a peers company, they would be able to talk those through, or there may be ways that they could avoid making some of the mistakes that they had made or even celebrating the successes because let's face it, after coming out of 2020, we should, we should certainly spend a lot of time celebrating even the smallest of successes. You asked what keeps me up at night in the supply chain. And that was certainly something within our networking group that we've worked to address. So we, we as manufacturers within this group said, okay, these are the things that we're seeing from materials down to your outside services? What are ways that we can work together to overcome these? And it's it's been really magical to see uh, larger corporations providing some insight or even the smaller industries or the smaller businesses being able to, to pull together and exercise their strength, you know, joining as one. And what about if somebody wanted to reach out to you and learn from you, get some of your (laughs) insights, where do you excel or where would you most be able to help others? I I would say my strengths lie in the connections or connectivity. So if I don't know someone that that could help, then I'm going to ask my network to see who we could connect them to. So I think connectivity would, would certainly be a strength. So if there's certain obstacles that you're encountering or facing or, you know, just want to, to vet that an idea through, if it's not something that, that I've seen or done before, I, you know, reaching out to my connections and making those available to, to the network. So when it comes to your best tip, as far as if somebody's listening to this podcast today and they want to do some of the, the interesting things that you've done with your culture over there, what would be a good start 
A good start is is very simple, and that's to to appreciate your teammates. And I think showing appreciation, so, you know, telling your teammates that you appreciate them, showing the appreciation, whether that's in a caught you be an awesome card or understanding your teammates' favorites and surprising them with their favorite Coke or, or drink and uh, just little acts of, of kindness and appreciation go certainly a long way. One very simple step that, that we took here and, and how have made it tradition is sending cards to the teammates home from from the team here so thanksgiving day cards um appreciate you know showing the appreciation at thanksgiving also mother's day and father's day sending uh, the family of the team member a thank you for sharing your father and mother with us so those those certainly have gone a long way too Oh, that's awesome. Well, Jessica, as always, it's such a pleasure to catch up with you again. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks. So I'm Lisa Ryan, and this is the Manufacturers Network Podcast. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Manufacturers Network Podcast. Do me a favor and share this podcast with your friends and colleagues so we can grow this network and connect more fantastic folks just like you. You can either send your buddies to the website at manufacturers-network.com or share the Manufacturers Network podcast on your LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you and your industry friends hang out. The bigger and faster we grow the network, the stronger and deeper the community will all have. Thanks again, and I appreciate you.